Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, everyone. It's the Luke and Pete Show. I thought we sounded a little bit... Um, a little bit down last uh, show, so I'm going to try and pick it up with some explosions, fireworks, kablamos. That's just you clicking your fingers, though. Yeah, I know. It's all over the place. All the explosions and the fireworks happen oh. inside that. The synapses of your brain, normally. Mm, damn right, damn right. Don't know. Have you been, Lukey? Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Looking forward to... Uh, I'm off Get for away. a couple of weeks tomorrow, so that'll be fun. Uh, my sister-in-law's getting married. Looking forward to that. And uh, we'll also be there for Thanksgiving. It's always a good time, a fun time, a nice time. I think I'll try and um, do an episode with you while I'm over there. Mm. So I think what I'm going to do is I will log in to that thing they call the internet. Right. And um, we'll do a show over Skype or whatever. You'll be here. I'll be there. It'll be like um, the Bugle. <laughs> You're going to be uh, but less popular. Yeah. Are you going to be... Um interested in uh, are you going to be okay recording basically that's why worry well, why? You have, you'll have to use your laptop to do skype I, well, I don't know how to do it so you need to tell me to do it <laughs> so yeah i'll need to get information right, on that i'm okay. happy doing it you know me pete we're completely opposite i like i will just say i can do something and then work it out later mm. and you'll not ever do anything because you think you can't yeah so I'll, I'll be i'll be full of the joys of uh, of, of of fall in vermont mm. But I'll be all the, the gear and no idea. Yeah. But I'm sure it'll be fun. Anyway, what have you been up to? Uh, I have spent a week tying up some loose ends, doing a couple of podcasts. Just my usual life, really, to be honest. Not as exciting as being in Helsinki at the weekend, but um, yeah, just, uh, just, uh, just had a fairly standard week. And are you staying UK-based uh, this weekend? I'm going to be staying UK-based, let me tell you, until December. <laughs> really? Mm. What's happening in December? I'm going to the moon. <laughs> I'm going, uh, wow. yeah, I'm going to go on SpaceX, going to do some space uh, tour- touring. Is it you, Elon Musk, and that um, caver guy who rescued those kids? <laughs> the miner. The miner. I don't talk about him anymore. Why? Because, I don't know, just, just not, just, he got accused of things by Elon Musk. Yeah, but that doesn't mean it means you can't talk about him. All right, then let's talk about him. <laughs> what, have, what have you got to say about him? I've got nothing. Right, okay, good. I just love poking you with a stick. Okay, good. Um But yeah, so, so when you say, oh... Um, just my normal life, really. Mm. What do you think people listening think of as your normal life? Um, going home after work or in between jobs. So I, I get up at like nine, go to do whatever I want to do, what need to do. No, but what do 10. they think you're doing, do you think? Just titting about. Yeah. This doesn't sound like hard work. It doesn't sound like work, half the stuff that we do. No, that's the thing. So, yeah. so it just titting about is what people probably think that we're, uh, we're up to. Is that a hotel pen you stole from the hotel? The Blakely. Blakely. The Blakely in New we York. stayed there in New York. You don't steal it; they give you it. It's a pen. Have you got a tra- Have you got an iron now? Have you got an extra iron? <laughs> well, do you want one? I can get you one if you want. Get you one, yeah. yeah. You stole one from every. I always need a pen whenever I'm doing something. Yeah. I need to make. I, I don't know why. I'm just of that generation. For, for, I feel like I need to write stuff down. Not writer. Um, but, but, but that's the thing. You're absolutely right. So you've tapped into something there. Like when people say, "Oh, the tour you did must have been amazing," and it was great. But a lot, a lot of the stuff that you have to do isn't seen. 
Mm. And it's the same with this, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Just prep. But would you rather be doing this or working back at the um, zoo? Um, well, you don't get paid anything for the zoo. I get paid more here yeah. doing the ramble and that. Yeah. Than I do working for the zoo. I'll give. It, I'll tell you that much. I'd love to for work nothing. for. A, I'd love to work for a zoo. Yeah, it's just long hours, and and they. I think zookeepers. It's treated as a vocation, so zookeepers don't get paid uh, the money commensurate with what what they should be. Because at the end of the day, you know, a lot of people through the doors. Animal um, keeping those animals alive is very expensive, but um, I think zookeepers are criminally underpaid. Because I mean, they take do it for one the thing job. away from this show. They do it for the love of the job. Yeah. That's what that I don't like. It's, don't it's, like it. it's the same with people who... It feels to me that when people say it's a vocation, mm. I know you weren't saying this, but that's what people say. They kind of use it as an excuse to not pay them properly. Yeah. And um, I never really thought about how expensive it is to keep animals. It must be mad. Oh, for, insane. Like, well, just imagine keep, keep being able to keep a, a penguin. Just like, you know, refrigeration and, and warmth in the winter and stuff. It's just... It would be just impossible. Especially if you've only got a small collection of animals as well. They're very unfussy eaters, though. They are very unfussy eaters. Probably feed them quite cheap. <laughs> load of fish. But like like Tropical Monkey House has to be at a ridiculous heat all of the time. But they eat berries, though. Yeah, but like um, a, bit, a little bit of meat and stuff. But like I was watching some Emperor Tamarins on the uh, on the, on the the telly last night and I was thinking, yeah, to keep the um, Tropical Monkey House at the zoo that I used to work in, it used to be so hot all of the time. Yeah. And they are covered in fur and I do sort of want to go... Do they necessarily need that amount of heat? I know they're used to that heat, yeah. but these are not tamarins that grew up in in, uh, in 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 the jungle. They grew up in captivity, so mm. just give them. You could probably just knock the knock the heating down. Couple a bit. of notches down. Couple of notches down. See what happens. Pay the zookeepers a bit more. If, See what happens. If one of them drops off a branch, turn it back up again. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, there was a brilliant um, bit in that um, Seven Worlds One Planet Attenborough series. Um, the other the other week, I, I, you know what? I've lost track of all the months and weeks because what we've been doing. But mm. um, it was an episode. I think it was the South American episode. And there's I don't know if you saw it, Pete, but there was these um, this troop of monkeys. Mm. I forget what they were called, but they're the ones with the big prehensile tails, like the yeah. Okay, I can't remember what they, what they were called, but anyway, it doesn't matter. They would jump around the the trees in the rainforest, and what you noticed after a while of watching them just doing their thing, and obviously they're looking for berries, right? Mm. Is a a shoal of fish in the river below them is following them. Oh, right. These okay. fish have developed amazing eyesight and they're following monkeys wherever they go. And the reason they're following them is because the monkeys are so messy in terms of how they eat. They just drop They drop the stuff. berries into the river and the fish eat them. Ah. And then when the monkeys move on, because they've had enough, the fish stay there and they jump out of the river and grab the low-lying berries on the branches. Now, I saw them when it, the skybox always resets at Absolute Radio and I watched... Um, a, a fish jump out of the river and eat a berry. But I was mm. talking about, I don't know, blossoms on air while it happened. And I was like, I've never seen that before. A fish yeah. has jumped out of, this, out of the water and grabbed itself a berry and then went back in again. Yeah. Incredible. And I'm someone who takes an interest in the natural world. And we talk about animals and wildlife a lot on this show. I think it's something that we're both interested in. And on that Attenborough series, I'm 39 now mm. and it's 2019. And I'm I'm still seeing like Stuff quite large before. mammals that I've never heard of before. <laughs> Not just like an insect. You know, like when you have like an oh, there's five million types of fly in the world or whatever. Mm. And you think, oh fuck, it's boring. They're all essentially yeah, the same, yeah, yeah. aren't they? But when you see like a new mammal that you'd never heard of before, mm. it was there was one on that show that um, I think a puma was trying to hunt. It was big. Mm. It looked a bit like a cross between a camel and an antelope, and I'd never seen it before. 
Right, okay. What else is this in? world hiding from me? Get in the sea. That's what they that's what they um talk about, isn't it? There's so much stuff that yet to be explored under there. Yeah. It was like thirty percent we've looked at. Crazy. Yeah. And you say we, we haven't looked at any of it really. I haven't looked at anything, no. Looked at some of it in the Mediterranean <laughs> on holiday. Yeah. That's it. Did you see uh they found a erect submarine um off the I think it was the coast of Okinawa uh, from the Second World War. Right. They thought they couldn't they thought they'd never found it, but um I think drones, some kind of like I think it was some kind of company chucked a load of money in and used drones to find drone technology to find um where this wreck would have been and mm. they managed to find it. There's no there's I'm pretty sure that scientists and marine biologists are convinced there's no big what they call um sort of like mega fauna in the in the sea. What do you mean as in like like massive apex predators because right, they yeah. can tell by the movement of the other animals and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah Some people yeah. think that there's like huge mega oh, things down like, there and stuff. Right. Yeah, you've seen that Jason Statham documentary? <laughs> seen it. Sharknado. <laughs> he's he's that, in that show, he's in that movie called The Meg. My God. It's Megalodon. Oh, right. Mega, and, Megalodon, and the thing right. about that is, Pete, is that I don't care what anyone says, it is enjoyable. Mm. You watch it, you know what you're getting into. It's called The Meg. It's about a, a 50 foot shark mm. with massive jaws, and Jason Statham's going to do some mad stuff. And it's enjoyable because of it. You're not going down under any pretenses. Uh, I used to go with a girl whose brother was in a band called Megalodon. There you go. Any good? Uh, they had a member of a person who was in the office once. Okay. Of, uh, that's all I've got. This is weird. <laughs> what kind of music did they play? Were they as good as One-Eyed Willie? No, no. Oh, I had a dream last night. Me and you had to do some kind of Luca Peak live show, but it basically involved us um, with lofty ambitions doing some kind of musical number um, but it meant that I that we both had to play guitars and I we'd got to almost the point and I realised that I didn't know one of the chords from one of the songs that we used to do in One-Eyed Willie um, and then I realised quite late on that you'd never heard One-Eyed Willie and didn't know any of the songs that we were doing so therefore we the, the, the show was going to be an absolute nightmare because neither of us knew any of the songs I this, wanted to do. This is a variation of a dream I have quite a lot. Right. Where I go, up, I go on stage in front of loads of people mm. with a guitar around me and I don't know the songs. Yeah. Well, that's, have you got the radio? I mean, do, do you press the buttons on the radio or does somebody else do it? Um, no, someone else like does it. Like Fed and stuff. So yeah. like, I think for, uh, anybody using radio machinery has the same DJ anxiety dream where they just like, they, 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 they turn up and nothing's working. Yeah. Where in real life, if I turn up and nothing's working, I'm happy because it's not my fault. <laughs> but but in my dream I'm really anxious that the boss is going to turn up and the buttons are not working but you can't mean like, you're ah. happy you're not happy I am a little bit happy I love it when you take pleasure in it I, I do a little bit yeah you know when tech goes wrong and you're like this has nothing to do with me it's so beautiful that's quite revealing of your personality well because I'm blamed for everything else in my life <laughs> that's probably true it's just nice to have something go wrong that has nothing to do with me and I can't help it even though fundamentally it does impact on me now, when I'm, when it does reflect badly on me when I'm on the radio all I've got to worry about is um, someone in that ear right. a screen where I've got to read something three co-hosts and an eye on the clock piece of piss sounds and, like a and, piece of piss and the great thing about that is also if you get a bit short of things to do in that scenario you've always got a lot of people on Twitter calling you a cunt so yeah. you can always get that as a bit of a uh, I had one yesterday I was on the radio yesterday and I had um I'm doing my best. Just doing my job. I'm doing right? my best. It's a fine show. Nothing went wrong. Luke, uh, the radio station that you work for um, 
has a um, will have men of a certain age who mm. feel very comfortable in their own skin, uh, very com- well, sorry, uncomfortable in their own skin, but very comfortable in letting people know their opinions yeah. Yeah. on Twitter. I looked over at the Twitter console, um, and just the first thing that popped up: mm. "You're not Danny Kelly, you're a cunt." Oh, okay. So probably, I mean, it's Danny not inaccurate. The, at least Danny knows the number. It's not, in, it's not inaccurate. <laughs> but no, I don't do the buttons. I mean, that would be a, a recipe for disaster. Um, before we move on from the wildlife chat, I noticed this week a story about a deer that was spotted with three antlers. Okay. It's like the dog with the tail on its head. Yes, it is very similar to that. Mm. Um, and I never knew, I never really considered this before. But apparently, it's like a one in a million thing. Right. It's a bit like maybe it's a bit like seeing like a four leaf clover or something. <laughs> one in a million three antler deer spotted in the US. It's in Michigan, and a retired guy was out there with his camera taking some photos of some wildlife. And um, he said he's done it every day since 2012, and it's the first time he's ever seen a um, a three antlered deer. That's a lot of shots, wasn't it? Going out every day taking pictures of wildlife. The thing that got me sad about it is that if any hunter sees that, they're going to want to kill it straight away. Do you reckon? Yeah, because it's prize, isn't it? Yeah, I guess so. That, it's really yeah, sad. Would, yeah. Never but mind. Yeah, interesting, that, though. I mean, it, but that said, if they did kill it, it would make a great uh, hat stand. And and <laughs> Peter. Oh, I'm saying. It was. And and the the it's funny because the uh, the the story finished with um, the guy. I think he's called. I think it's Steve Lindbergh. I think. Yeah, yeah, he was called Steve Lindbergh, and he said, um, sadly. He can't share the enjoyment of seeing the three antlered deer mm. on because he's got his own Facebook page where he posts a wildlife photo every day. It's quite a nice idea. It's quite mm. a cute thing for like a retired guy to do. And he said he's had to disable comments on that because everyone's just calling him a liar and telling him he's photoshopping it. <laughs> and then the other comments have said, I want to know where it is because I want to kill it. <laughs> so there's the internet in a nutshell. Fantastic. You're welcome to it. That is fair. You're welcome to it. Wonderful. Do you see that um, somebody who's selling their... Um They'd had their dog stuffed and turned into a little mat. So a little mat. See, I can't get with that. I can't get with that. Like, you know, like you have lion's mats where it's just like, um, it's like, a, it's just a bit of their skin uh, extrapolated, let's say, just, just uh, you know, on, yeah. on, on them as a mat. And then the head of the animal stuffed. Um, he said, <laughs> the remaining dog that still lived, uh, that's still alive, um, uh, they had to get rid of this mat because he just kept on going over and humping it. Humping it. Oh my God. Humping his friend who used to, who obviously, you know, used to hang out with every day. That's so sad. If they died, it, you know, it died and um, the other dog just started humping Isn't that really sad? Body. A little bit, but. What do you think about, what do you think about people like taxidermy in their pets? When they're dead, by the way. Yeah, no, don't do it while they're alive. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, I don't, yeah it's, it's not, it's not good. But then you, you do love them, don't you? And you would like to see them again. And oh, mate, it's not like dogs talk. The love so, you have for your pets is mad. It's not like a dog or a cat can really talk. So the, them being there, just in the corner of the room, would you know give you a, a little bit of a, a little heartening. But they'd just get it wrong, wouldn't they? they you know, they just it wouldn't be the same. For me, it's uh, a reminder. Yeah. You know, but animals are brilliant, and you just want to hang out with them all the time. But but with with cats, I've got I've got two cats, and they do a lot a lot of sleeping. So if I was mm. four, if someone came down to me and said one of your cats has died, yes. you're going to have to have it taxidermied. Mm. Um, there's no choice. Yeah. I would request it in that circle sleep position. Oh, like a little having a little snooze, so I could just put it somewhere and think it would be sleeping. <sighs> it's just too sad. Do you yeah. know what? I interviewed a very prominent footballer once, a household name, mm. and we were just chatting around, and he and he had a dog. Mm. And we were just shooting the shit. I was getting some sound levels while we were waiting to record. And um, I said, oh, lovely doggy got there. He said, yeah, yeah, we just got her. She's lovely. She's great. Beautiful, um, beautiful. I can't remember what type of dog it was now. But I remember at the time thinking, oh, it's a really beautiful dog. And he said, yeah, she's only a puppy. 
so you know it's a bit, a bit hectic but it's really great because um we had um our last dog sadly passed away got old and, and died and i was like oh, yeah it's terrible when a, a pet dies it's almost like losing a family member and he looked at me dead in the eye and went it's much worse than losing any of my family. <laughs> like he was well into it. Wow. Yeah, so pretty intense. That's oh, what dogs go. can do to you. Yeah. Um, while we're thinking about that, let's have a little ad break, and when we come back, we'll do some of your emails. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, y'all, it's Farmer Mima, and today I'm going to show you what I've been doing to take care of the pantry moth situation. It's not really a season, but I've not seen a moth in my uh, kitchen for quite a while. Maybe I've won the uh, won the battle. The woman there who's trying to sort out the pantry moth situation. What yep. did she call herself? Farmer Farmer Mima. Farmer Mima. Yeah, she's Farmer Mima. <laughs> I didn't know that. I just kind of just glossed over me yeah. really for a while. Anyway, shout out Farmer Mima for dealing with the pantry moth situation. Um, you got an email there, Peter? <laughs> oh, I was just looking at Farmer Mima there. <laughs> uh, hello to Glenn. Hi, I heard you talk about Morrison's uh, mince pie sandwiches. I'm not sure they can't they can be trusted as a few years ago they served savory donuts in their shops alongside other sandwiches. You could get a chicken salad donut, which was basically a sugarless jam donut with chicken and rocket leaves Seriously? stuffed inside it. Get fucked. Get fucked. It was okay to eat at first, but 15 minutes later it just felt like you'd eaten a pebble because you'd stomach attempted <laughs> to uh, digest the impossible. I can't imagine how this idea even came about other than Morrison's trying to monopolize on the purchase of some deep fat frying equipment. It's like Boris Johnson deciding to make like a, a Parliament Square Ibiza form party with one of those cannons oh. that, he, that he bought as mayor. I can't think of anything more depressing than that. What do you mean? A par- what Imagine Boris Johnson on a on a big on a big uh, water cannon in a pair of speedos that he bought for the London riots, just kind of yeah. firing, you know, making yeah, making a load of uh, form. Yeah, fantastic. It's ama- it's absolutely amazing that um, that this, let's just say without getting overly political, the things that people get away with. These days is unbelievable. These um, days, but um, he couldn't sing. He couldn't sing. Um, he couldn't sing the wheels on the bus last week. I mean, we are talking about a man, <laughs> right, who wants to lead the UK, okay, and is currently leading the UK. Who does not know the words to the wheels on the bus? Mm. 
it's not a difficult song. Not a hands-on dad. You'd I'm say not asking him to strap on a six-string guitar and play the whole of a Steely Dan solo. <laughs> this is the wheels on the bus. Yeah. Specifically designed so a three-year-old can sing it. He's a man obsessed with buses. He should fucking know that song. It's, if anything, it's right in his wheelhouse. It's in his, it's, and his wheelhouse is a bus station. You likes making buses out of wine boxes. I like, like, like making buses. Yeah, incredible. Anyway, incredible. what were you talking about? Um, I can't remember now. You're doing an email, weren't you? I was doing an email. That was it. Yeah, I was just uh, saying that. Um, I've, I've oh deleted, yeah, um, savory donuts. Savory donuts. Oh, and mince pie. Oh, and speaking of mince pies, my wife and I have got a mince pie rating chart this year. So I, every I mince heard, pie yeah. we eat, every mince pie we eat, we rate it. Yeah. On the quality of the pastry, the mm. filling, the overall Christmassy feel. All that kind of stuff. And I'll tell you guys now, it's not finished yet. It's not completed. Um, but so far, the Sainsbury's in-store bakery mince pies are winning by a landslide. So that's worth pointing out. And I'm, I'm uh, angry with your wife. Go on. She did the flip up. Join the club. I do. Oh, she did. Yeah, she did. Yeah. She, um, I uh, During the Football Rumble Tour, I was uh, trying to perfect what could only be described as a uh, Shawn Michaels kind of flip up from the floor kind of trick. I don't know what you call it. But, so it um, reminds me of, whenever I see it, I think of um, Johnny in Karate Kid. Yeah, like a flip up. Um, yeah. And she managed to do it and oh, it's just upsetting. Yeah, it was kind of annoying because I said to her, oh, because <laughs> she mentioned it because she saw the show and she saw you trying to do it. And she went, oh, I think I could probably do that. Mm. And I was like, all right, we'll do it then. And she went, okay. And she said, I'll do it when I get back from Pilates because I'll be warmed up. <laughs> she got back from Pilates, she said, get your camera out. I filmed it. It took her three attempts as you did it. Yeah. Annoying, yeah, isn't it? Kind of annoying. Um, well, she's not nearly uh, 11 and a half stone, so that's what I'm saying. It's hard to do. Mate. I'm like I'm like the uh, Millennium Falcon. What? <laughs> compared to a little, a smaller ship. Okay. I'm a freighter. She's like Starbug from Red Dwarf. <laughs> Where are you going with this? I'm just saying. Don't make up your kind of like... I don't know Star Wars enough, so I had to move on to a different sci-fi show to think of a small ship. But you're not, right? a, you're not a powerhouse anyway, though, are you? What do you That's mean? the sort of thing that like a big American football player would say. Oh yeah, I'm built for strength, not speed. Yeah, exactly. That's what you're trying to say, isn't it? Compared you're not to... built for either. <laughs> are you? You're 11 and a half stone, you've got asthma. Yeah. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> Nothing. Big man. I'm still scared of you. Um, you know, we were talking a second ago there about eating weird food. Hmm. Um, I did a thing that I haven't done for ages and I think it might be because we had the water turned off in our house. <laughs> right. Um, Drank your piss? No. <laughs> Yeah, I did this thing. Yeah. Um, no, I ate a load of food in a row, right. and then I really regretted it afterwards. I ate um, a Marks and Spencer ready meal curry. Yeah. Then I had four chicken and chorizo empanadas. Okay. Then a whole big family size of prawn cocktail <laughs> shells. What's a prawn cocktail this shell? This is what they call skips because they can't. Sorry, you're right. Yeah, okay, they can't. Yeah, they can't yeah, say yeah, skips. Yeah. Not allowed. And then I had a Belgian bun, ice, ice Belgian bun. A Belgian bun. <laughs> it was probably about 4,000 calories in that's about 10 he- I minutes. I mean, that's heavy, isn't it? That is... Uh, yeah, it's bad. That- <laughs> I did a radio show for that as well. Uh, that's just make you Might sleepy. Might be what that guy called me a cunt, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was like this. Nodded off on the microphone. I once did a radio show of a guy. I'm not going to name him because it's uh, it's be, be unprofessional. Mm. Like he was being very unprofessional. Where I was, <laughs> I was hosting it. Mm. He turned up late, quite hungover, and I'm not joking, Pete, sometimes in the middle of questions, he was falling asleep onto the microphone, like that. <laughs> Who was that? I mean, sorry, you. I'm not telling you. Um, yeah. People could probably read between the lines. Um, anyway, hello, Luke and Pete show is the email address. Thank you for ever sent that one in. I yeah. don't know who it was. What about this one from uh, Leo? Leo, he says, um, Dear Donnie and Luke the Gammon Moore. Um, 
in 199.67, you went on a walk down Saturday night TV shows lane. Expanding the conversation, though, the king of all lost TV programmes has to be the big breakfast. A fresh bowl of breakfast noun four being thrown your way. Now, of course, Big Breakfast, it wasn't a Saturday night show. It was a midweek breakfast show. Yeah. I remember it being, I think it ran from like the early 90s right through the millennium for a year or two. But I, I remember it being the go-to TV show in the morning among my friends at school. Yeah. Well, it's one of those ones where the, the main presenters, there were so many main presenters, but nobody remembers them. Didn't your People mate Richard like Bacon get his break on that? Bacon, Paul Tonkinson. I yeah, he Did was he? Uh, Richard Bacon was. Uh, I think he was like a co-presenter for a little while because he was on the bed for a bit, wasn't he? Um, I remember him where, doing streaky uh, bacon where he'd knock on people's doors and make mm, them run down the street naked. Yeah, and they get a prize. Yeah, it's weird. It's like so. There's there's people like Mike McLean. Do you remember him? No, like a man can chat, chat like that. Hey, you all right? How's it going? I'm, that I'm sounds like Paul Tonkinson. Yeah, it's similar sort of. He's more a bit like this. All right, I'm Paul Tonkinson. That sounds anyway. like John Shuttleworth. Uh, all right. <laughs> No, it's Paul Tuck. It yeah. starts like this. Yeah. All right, Ken. Yeah. Um, I've, I've got a list of uh, right here of uh, main big breakfast presenters. I would like you to name wait, Chris Evans, Denise Van Outen, Gabby Roslin. Those three are taken off the table. Okay. I need five more. I handed over to one of them last night on the radio, Paul Ross. Paul Ross, yes, yes. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 94 to 95. Johnny Vaughan. Johnny Vaughan, he yes, he it. was. Yeah, he was on in there as well. Why is he not on this list? Um, he was a main presenter. He was like a core presenter, I guess. Yeah, okay. Did, didn't Kelly Brook like controversially do it for a Kelly while? Kelly Brook did it, yes, that's correct. Zoe Ball? Zoe Ball, yes, 1996. Um, I got a feeling the guy from Neighbours did it. What's his name? Joe Mangle? Yeah. Is it Mark Little? Yes! yes. There were loads of presenters on there, wasn't There's there? There's loads of presenters. They were just trying to kind of like re, you know, grab the the, the, the headlines from back in the desk. They were just finding, in 2000, uh, 2000 to 2002, Paul Tonkinson, Donna Eyre. Oh, yeah. Baker did it. Um, Amanda Byram, uh, Mike McLean, Lisa Rogers, um, somebody called Rick Adams. That was Sharon when... Davies. Did she do it? Yeah, she did it. Donna Eyre, that was when she asked the cause how they knew each other. Yes. Wasn't it? But one thing that's absolutely fascinating about the big breakfast, so it was on every morning and you'd put it on before you went to school or whatever or yeah. people were getting ready for work and it was yeah. kind of like, if you were too young and fancied yourself as being a bit too hip to want to watch the news in the morning, you'd watch the big breakfast. I were, loved it. Yeah, it was, loved there were news it. elements about it but it was mm. completely chaotic. But I, I looked it up when I saw this email yesterday, I, lo I looked it up and I made a note of it. During the school holidays, the big breakfast became the bigger breakfast, and it was five and a half hours long. <laughs> yeah, live TV for five and a half hours. But I think they would introduce cartoons before six. Oh like, right, okay. For, for, for the youngsters getting up nice and but early. But it had so many um, features, so many ideas. I remember my mate uh, Jimmy was massively into like some of the features, like, like more TV and all the rest mm. of it. It was kind of interesting. It's, it's one of those. Um, almost time capsule type shows yeah. it's impossible for it to I, I really hope they don't bring it back and try look what we're doing we're bringing it back oh they tried to bring it back a million times didn't did they? they? yeah it wouldn't be as good now no Zig and Zagger ill mm. <laughs> Zig and Zagger nearly they're on the deathbed they were brought across from an Irish TV show weren't they? yeah so, it's just weird but it was just kind of like a mishmash and, and people don't people don't attempt exciting live um, shows like that anymore they, they don't let anything fail so like you got stuff like, I don't know, Last Leg and stuff like that. And it's a very formulaic uh, kind of, you know, Daily Mash sort of thing. It's, it's quite formulaic, it's, you know, yeah. good, good in parts. But like, it is just, we are entrusting people who can perform 
Um, I, it's you know, no general public kind of interaction sort of thing. Just it, it's it's just a bit too safe for me right now. Mm. Remember when they used to have um, Richard Not Judy? We've spoken about this show before, yes. but like, yeah, I do. This morning, Richard Not Judy, where it's just um, them um, doing an hour of live comedy that they'd written throughout the week and, and they just perform it. It's just like incredible, really. You don't really get that. No, you really don't. Which is surprising because... Um, there's so much more comedy yeah. around. And there's more channels, more yeah. platforms for it as well. It's just expensive. It's just a, just a big team. Maybe. Lots of cameras, big studio you got hire and stuff like that every week. So was the Big Breakfast a Chris Evans vehicle? What do you mean? Like, as in, was it his his baby? He produced. No, it I think stuff? he was just a launch presenter on it. I don't think he. No, I don't think he because was. Um, when I, also when I looked it up, I, I thought it would have been. I thought it would have been like Danny Baker involved writing it and all the rest of it. But it, apparently, he wasn't involved in that. He was no, involved he was, in like TFI Friday and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think TFI Friday and don't forget your toothbrush. Don't forget your toothbrush was more him. Right. But I think um, I think Big Breakfast was the place that he found his fame. He's only there for two years. Mm, they mm. moved on. Interesting. Uh, great stuff. It was a it was a golden era for TV, and I'll maintain that. Maybe it's just my age, but I mean, Big Breakfast, of course, was a breakfast show. But um, Saturday Night TV then was just so good. I mean, you know, I know he's had his problems, and I don't want to get into all that. I mean, you've talked a bit about your encounters with him. Um, and maybe we've mentioned this before, but Michael Barrymore. Mm. If you watch him on TV, he's so good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you have expressed that. It's just, so, but he's just so good. It's really, really talented. I know, and he had his career. Uh, yeah, I I've said it before. I think he had his career ruined because he was a gay man uh, and an amp gay man in nineteen um, nineties two thousands Britain. Well, even Which, uh, but even in the media industry, I mean, come on. No, but like the way that he was um, martyred by the way he was destroyed by the newspapers. I mean, obviously it was a horrible thing that happened, but there was a lot of um, very salacious innuendo kind, kind of, of stuff. innuendo bollocks that, yeah. that went on at the time. I just think he was a very talented presenter. He was a very talented presenter. But there were, there were and continue to be a lot of talented presenters, but there aren't many uh, opportunities for them nowadays because um, they would rather put reality... I sound like an embittered presenter, yeah. but um, I am. Your showreel is available from <laughs> well, my show is all the usual places. YouTube. But yeah, they, uh, they don't put anyone uh, on air who isn't a reality TV guy. But then you look at someone like Ryland, who's quite good at it. Oh, he's, he's very good. good at presenting. He's yeah. quite charismatic. Um, give us another email before we get out of here. All right then. Sorry, I had the big brother, a big uh, breakfast. Um, uh, Wikipedia open. Uh, hi boys. I hope um, I hope Luke um, <laughs> Luke managed to read this and keep it away from Pete. I thought of a good way to find out if Pete is well and truly part internet. Can Pete, the nearest thousand, guess how many people are watching porn per second? So I'm throwing it to Luke. Um, I don't know if I could really have the tools to. Be, I mean, mm. do you mean worldwide or UK? How many you... people are in the world? Seven billion. Seven billion, right. I don't know how many of them how many people the internet, are, though. Yeah, exactly. So say half of those people uh, have access to reliable streaming internet. How many people have access <laughs> to the internet? I'm just Googling it now. 4.33 billion as right, of okay. July 2019. Okay. 56% so, of the global population. So how many people are watching porn per second? Um, 100 million. 28,258. Look, you, you can't be watching porn all the time. No, I, I don't, per remember, second, though, I don't isn't understand it? the question. 28,000 per second. Yeah. Watching, but what does it mean, though? Well, people are going to be logging off and logging on, aren't they? <laughs> Once they're finished. How is this? Unless one here? person is doing it 24 hours. It's baffling. Yeah. Who sent that email in? Uh, Tom. Thanks, Tom. Never email again. For uh, each Luca Beach show, over 50 million people are watching porn. <laughs> oh, God. Let's just hope that's a disgusting listen, measurement. Listening to the show at the same time. I cannot think of anything that would. Uh, you know, stop the wolf from the door. I cannot think of more of a 
a, a, an overwhelming of the senses than that. <laughs> <laughs> Disgusting. That's the only way to end this show. Thank you very much for listening. We hope you have a lovely weekend. We'll be back next week. Um, I'm in the US for the foreseeable few weeks, um, but we'll work something out. Um, I'm sure it'll be lots of fun. Uh, thanks a lot. Speak soon. Get your hands out your trousers. was a Stakhanov production. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.